Hi, I'm Fabian Coulthard. Hi everyone, welcome to Inside Supercars. Shane Van Gisbergen from the Red Bull Holden Racing Team here. From the racetracks across Australia, and here's Inside Supercars. Welcome to Inside Supercars, Tony Whitlock and Craig Ravel. Four weeks of racing, I'm worn out just from talking about it. My gosh, it's been busy. I can't imagine what it's like to be on one of the teams. And uh, it's been fantastic to see, uh, uh, for instance, some of the Pickford boys getting together with their families. They've just been flown up by uh, Rod Nash and Tim Edwards. Uh, fantastic to see uh, Matty Roberts, Brendan Hogan, these guys getting together with their young families again. That's wonderful to see. To the controversy, uh, what were your thoughts on, one, the move by uh, Shane Van Gisbergen, and then, two, the uh, response down on pit lane at the end of the race? Didn't really uh, see the responses. I saw it, it happen live, the actual move by Van Gis. Um, I, I concur that it is a team sport. I... Uh, uh, not surprised in the slightest that uh, there was nothing illegal in the way that Shane ran McLaughlin wide. There was no body contact. They gave you know sufficient room, and it was you know someone alert. And unfortunately, Scotty uh, McLaughlin doesn't have a a, a nearby um, someone riding shotgun for him, so that Fabian wasn't able to provide any assistance on that time. I think it's a fairly uh, you know cheap shot. A, uh, a one plus one team sort of dig by a win cup. I, I think that's a bit much. And I think Shane's comment about Deborah's referring back to a race nearly a year ago, I think that's a fairly low comment too. I think they should just own up and say, look, you know, it's a team sport and we're trying to win this championship. And yes, they're back in front again, you know, by 42 points, which, because of course Shane had a DNF the day before, um, they needed to uh, lift their game and clearly. You know, it's a competitive. Hey, look, the great thing is we've got two teams who are competing as strongly as they are, and that's fantastic. <laughs> and we've got all these other teams. The, the other five or six teams are all jockeying behind. And I don't know if you've noticed, but when it, when I look from week to week on the teams championship, you know, Team Eighteen they were up in fourth place at one stage. Now they're back to fifth. Walkinshaws are up to fourth at one stage. Now they're back to sixth. BJR they're up to seventh. And Erebus is now back down to eight. So there's a lot of movement amongst those other five teams mm. um, with with the two top ones uh, well and truly ruling the roost. Yeah. Um, and, and a fascinating thing, I think that, you know, while it's fabulous to see Hazelwood and, and uh, Hercat, you know, BJR getting the polls, that's fantastic. Now I want to see those guys going on converting them into race wins. And clearly it is that whole comfort level. You move to the next level, you get to a comfort level, and then you're, you're right for the next part of it. And that's what we need to see next so that where those teams are then regularly in front of the DJR and a triple eight uh, cars. That's, uh, I think, the next thing we've got to look very excited about. Clearly the driving standard is, is very high. We'll hear from... Scott, Jamie, and also Shane Van Gisbergen here on Inside Supercars. Um, I guess it just comes down to we run a two-car team, you know, and uh, there's the same same equipment, both cars. We've both, both got the same opportunity. Um, it's generally sometimes a negative because you've got to pit behind the, the second car or he takes points away from you. But uh, today, if anything, it, it was a help, and that's the advantage of running a two-car team instead of a one-plus-one. Put the in those minds. 
ever. You, you probably expect more from a, uh, a uh, guy like him. What his view is, whether we believe that or not, it's another thing. Yeah, he goes through peaks and troughs just like he has the last few years with uh, Shane battling for championship, and he wasn't. And, you know, I think we, we work as well as a team as anyone in up and down pit lane. That's my view, and I'm sure Fabs is the same. That's his view, you know what I mean? And if that's what he thinks, that's what he thinks. I'm, no matter what we say here, it's not going to change his view. He said after the race, his team is a two-car team, but a one-plus-one. What did you mean by that? I, I won't elaborate on that. That's pretty straightforward. I don't know about this stuff. We don't need to bring up Debris and stuff like that, but... Um, yeah, I thought it was a fair pass on, on my part. You gotta let it go. You gotta let it go. So keep on playing those mind games together. It's, it's one of those deals where I knew he had, the, he had the pace. He had plenty more on me. He had so much grip to make the corner. And he decided to run a car with wide. Which in my view, it, it, would he have done that with another guy behind me? Nah, probably not. But it was Jamie, and I get that. And I've made the same game, I get that, 100%. But it was, I just felt like it was too obvious in, in, in some ways. But, um, you know, it, that's how, how it is. It's, it's racing. It's racing. We, um, we, we run a, it's a, it's a team sport, and, uh, and we race hard. So um, it's been going on for years. It'll hopefully continue for many years to come. And uh, that's what it's all about. I think it's fine going. The comments from the boys, I think they stand alone. We don't need to go over it no, once again. Indeed not. The racing, Craig, has been pretty terrific, I think. Yes, I think we've seen some interesting racing across the four weekends and what has been one of the highlights is the fact that we saw brad jones racing with some real speed on sunday and both percat and hazelwood taking poles that that was great now it didn't convert to race wins but it was just good to see that they had some raw speed and uh, that you know once you can get a one lap speed up then it's a case of how do you maintain the, the speed, and that's what they can do now. But they know they've got a, a package there that is right at the front of the field. And I, I think we've seen across this four-week period some very, very smart work by engineers, and uh, Phil Keed has to get a, a lot of uh, uh, credit because he's worked with a, a package of uh, poor qualification runs and turned them into mid-top 10 finishes for the most part. And uh, I know you've done some calculations there on Scott Pye's results over the uh, Townsville weekends, but I think that's one of the one of the things that has become very interesting is how the, the mid-pack teams are getting themselves closer. Now, is that because 
that the powerhouses haven't been able to go back to home base and do all those in football parlances one percenters that they have the capacity and the and the resources for. And we've seen over this long period of everyone's in the same boat, everyone's in the same garage with the same facilities. That's really what evens out supercar racing. Yeah, indeed. It, uh, it is fascinating. And just looking at uh, Scott Pye, who has you know been in the paddock for a few years now, uh, been through a number of different teams, and uh, but he has shown himself to be one of the absolute past masters of uh, passing because over the two weekends at Townsville, he in each of the races, he was making places. And he, in fact, over those six races, he made a total of 59 places. Um, and uh, didn't qualify particularly well ever. His teammate uh, in Mark Winterbottom was qualifying better most of the time. But the thing was, he was able to make those places. Good strategic changes of tyres and how many and how often and all those sort of things. I mean, it was interesting to see the development of the two, three, and four changes um, and the way in which uh, the old antagonism between DJR Team Penske and Triple Eight has yet again flared up. Uh, and of course, it, the remarkable thing is that it was only last year when Scotty McLaughlin and uh, um, Premier uh, won Bathurst and... Um, the whole Debris, the whole Fabian Coulthard penalty and all those things all flared up. And it came up again at the weekend when uh, a pass made by Van Gisbergen uh, with a bit of a hip and a shoulder and lo and behold, the way was open for 88 to follow 97 through. Fascinating way in which this is all developing. And, of course, those two teams have been trading blows at the top of the table of the team's championship all year. It's been going on, and uh, at the moment, in fact, Triple Eight is in front. Um, before uh, going to Townsville, it was DJR Team Penske in front. So there's not much in, in between the two. Um, and, in fact, they have quite a giant gap because they are the most consistent runners of all of them. Craig, you would have been enjoying the, uh, the way in which the other teams, uh, Pickford, Team 18, Walkinshaws, BJR, Erebus have slipped a little bit in the pack, haven't they? And no real reason why. Once again, is it they just need that reset after every race meeting to be able to set them up for the next one? But we have seen them uh, with some disappointing results. Now, obviously, they've got some uh, inconsistency of engineering there, which you know, is, is is playing on David Reynolds' mind, obviously. But, yeah, just interesting to see that some of the teams that don't normally make a lot of mistakes have faltered and other teams have been able to bring themselves up into the competition. Um, good, to, good to see that as well. It's interesting, though, when we talk to people – they're saying we can't sustain a four-week-in-a-row competition. And, uh, you know, I think uh, Scott McLaughlin said, we're not NASCAR. We're not set up to do this sort of thing. Yeah, indeed. Well, you've actually experienced NASCAR far more than I have. I've only been to one particular or two race NASCARs, but they weren't 
back-to-back weekends. And the resources that those teams have to do it, not only in terms of the metal the machinery they have, but the crew personnel and our guys, of course, uh, uh, having to make do in this uh, pandemic time makes it even that much more difficult. Yeah, but, but it, that look, point to that point, NASCAR used to race even more than they race now. And we're talking about in the 60s. They didn't yeah. have teams of, you know, teams of 100 people back then. They had a couple of people who joined them on a race night or weekend. Uh, they were always known as weekend warriors. They just came in and they did their bit on that weekend. And it was two or three people that did all the work on the cars and prepped everything. So uh, I think this is where it's where you start. NASCAR started racing, you know, I think it was in the 60 to 70 races a year. They're now, they're now regularly down to about that uh, 36 or something like that per year now. But they were a model that, you know, you ha- the only way you could afford to go racing was to keep bringing the money in and bring it in through the uh, winner's checks. That's how, you know, every time before they left one track to go to the next, they went to the pay window, got the cash, and that paid for the petrol, the dinners, the accommodation for everyone who was involved um, full time. This was also a time leading up to when uh, car colours were regularly changed. You know, new sponsors were being put on regularly, weren't it? You know, during from the 70s, 80s, the, the sponsors, there were a lot more running them through from one, one week to the next week sort of thing, wasn't there? Yeah, I think not as much as we see in some cases now. Like teams wouldn't change their livery uh, like Brad Jones do because oh, okay. remember they were painted on. It's not yeah. a it's not a uh, easy thing to do to uh, change a painted on livery. So, yeah. But anyway, it's it's just it's where your base is. It's how you um, it's how you start with the fundamentals of the car, and that's why Gen Three is going to be so important. If you if you want to race cheap, you've got to have a car that's cheap, and and an engine package as well. And it was fascinating. We do need to talk about um, Roland Dane's Triple uh, Eight Race Engineering's two hundredth victory because he spent a lot of time talking about Kenny Mack and KRE yep. engines. And uh, I, I did post today the uh, show. Um, it was about one hundred and fifty something. So it was a hundred over one hundred and fifty shows ago uh, when we sat down and spoke with Kenny Mack about his business, and uh, I thought people would enjoy hearing that chat again. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, in fact, of course, uh, Kenny Mack, uh, to a degree, was bankrolled by uh, Roland when he set up his engine shop. And uh, I've been several times to uh, KRE, and it's certainly one of the best engine shops in this country because, of course, Kenny's got two sides to his business. Not only the supercar engine business, which at times has been both uh, Ford and Holden, but he also has the sprint car business. And of course, that's uh, uh, a very busy time coming up uh, very soon when uh, he's pumping out engines to uh, run all around Australia. But um, one of the things I just want to actually uh, mention about I I don't know if you regularly read the stewards reports. They've actually uh, taken up one of the things I suggested many years ago. If you haven't got anything, to put in a steward's report, don't make it an attachment. Put it in the actual email. Nothing to report. So finally they've started doing that. 
And uh, I must say that, you know, with the exception of, you know, uh, spinning wheels by Hazelwood or, uh, um, you know, somebody bumping somebody and, and turning them around and things like that, they've been over the amount of racing that we've done in a very condensed time is that you have to say there's been remarkably few mistakes. Mistakes by crew, finger mistakes in cars, you know, not not finishing races because of something's happened. Mistakes by drivers because they've slipped up in pit lane or, or coming into pit lane. And I think it's a remarkable uh, indictment of the fact that there's a high quality of crew and drivers performing each week uh, over the last uh, few months of this year. I, I don't know if you've seen that. No, uh, I think it's been very interesting. And one thing's for sure, this travelling team is going to be right on it for the big event at Bathurst. It's just what's it going to be like when they bring their refuelling back in and and the couple extra people they need. Are we going to have some guys that are just red hot and then some people who, like the co-drivers, have not had any sort of match practice? Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, Look, I'm looking forward to uh, talking this week with uh, Brendan Hogan, who is now James Courtney, was Will Davison's engineer. Um, And, of course, Brendan's got a pretty big job coming up because he's got a rookie joining James Courtney, a very experienced man. They didn't grab uh, um, Jack Perkins, as I thought they would, but, in fact, have gone for Brock Feeney. And... uh, at, uh, he's a very accomplished young driver. He's already done quite a lot in the sport. I think he was driving in a Hyundai Excel at the weekend. Um, so there's no doubt he's, he's getting seat miles, but uh, it's going to be interesting for them to uh, bed in a, a rookie at a Bathurst where there's, sure, there's going to be many practice sessions, but you've still got somebody who's making his debut in the big race on the biggest day in Australian motorsport. So it'll be a challenge. It will be indeed. Well, Tony, a big week ahead. We're looking forward to bringing it to you. And and we look forward to having some more interviews later this week with drivers, engineers, and maybe a team manager or two. So that's it from Inside Supercars. Thank you from Tony Whitlock and good night from me. And good night from him. Inside Supercars is produced by Thunder Media. Tune in next time for more or lock in the podcast on your iTunes or mobile device. Search Inside Supercars. The views expressed on Inside Supercars, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect the views of the network, Thunder Media or Sport Radio. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited.